This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Today I'm joined by Hayley Cole and Gabrielle Sigelski, co-owners of Stella, a PR agency in Sydney. Welcome to the PR Pod, ladies. Thank you, Brooke. Hi, Brooke. This episode, we're going to deep dive into people management. I think there's a lot of us, especially in the early stages of your career, who look forward to the prospect of managing others as it means you can delegate your work out. But it's not easy being a good manager and it can take years to learn how to be an effective one. What are some of the things you both struggle with when you are new to managing people? Um, I think for me, it was really the allocation of time, like Mm -hmm. ensuring that, no, I was preparing for the time investment that was needed to be put into training and and managing and feeding back and 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 that and that yeah just changing mindset yeah I I think it was very much the same for me too Brooke it was about going from kind of having your role where you're just responsible for you achieving your tasks and deadlines to then having to delegate to people and understand Mm. what's involved in that so to Gab's point making the time to do that well um so yeah, I guess you're kind of essentially taking on two, two roles within yeah. the one when you start managing people, and it's not just about that delegating; it's about the training and education and feedback. Yeah. And, and that's um, what mentoring. I didn't anticipate is the time. I mean, yeah. you know, you someone writes a media release, you and they've never done one before in the early stage of doing it, so it takes you a while to review it, and then it goes back, yeah. and that could go back and for three or four times and every time that's half an hour or 15 minutes or 45 minutes if you've got to talk them through stuff and I don't think I anticipated the amount of energy not even energy the amount of um I guess time you should be really giving back in order for those people to learn and grow versus just saying ah it's crappy I'll do it myself that's right. So you're kind of doubling up in a, in a sense, aren't you? Because mm. you're still as available mm. to clients, but then you also need to be, yeah. you know, managing that internal, the internal um, team as well. I found adjusting to personalities. Obviously, you're used to having different personalities within a team anyway, but when you're managing them, it's quite different in that mm. things that motivate either one of the two of you might be different to me, the things that excite me, the things that interest me, the things that drive me insane are all different. In order to get the best out of people, you really need to understand their personalities yeah. uh, in order to be able to be effective in, in helping them grow. Yeah, I think that's that's very true. We did, um, you know, when Stella was probably at a slightly larger size than it is now, um, we spent quite a bit of time on coaching around personality types because that was something I, you know, learned throughout my becoming a manager and working with different people is that there's no one size fits all approach for, mm. for managing. So we um, worked the DISC profiling, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with. I am, yeah. Yeah, so that was a great exercise to go through as a team and everyone in the office did it together. So it was about identifying whether you are a DIC or an S, so D being dominant, um, which means you're generally direct, results-oriented, firm, strong-willed, forceful, um, influence, which I think most people in PR, probably about 80% of PRs are an I, which stands for influence, so that generally comes with traits of being outgoing, enthusiastic, optimistic, high-spirited and lively. Um, and then we did have a couple of Cs and Ss in the team as well, C being conscientious, um, so those personalities are generally more analytical, reserved, precise, private and systematic. And then our S, our steadies are even-tempered, accommodating, patient, humble and tactful. So mm. through going through that ex- exercise, you can 
it, it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you understand how different people within a team operate and what drives them and what comes naturally to them and then tailoring how you get the best out of them based yeah. on their personality types. Because that can be empowering to them, isn't it? So, it is. You know, I that, think it to helps. work to strengths. Yeah. And, to... and I definitely found the quieter ones, which are usually your, your C's and S's, it kind of gave them their place in the yeah. team as well against the I's and D's. Where they didn't I's. have to fight for the influence. <laughs> they no. didn't have to fight. They, they understood their role. That's yeah. right. And um, and there is a role. So if you had an agency full of I's, God help you in terms of, you know, the, the details. Yes. The dynamic. <laughs> and the dynamic. Um, but so a, a balance is important. Yeah. And I, we also did the exercise kind of trying to identify what our clients were and where they sat within DISC. So that also helped us to understand how to better manage clients because and, and kind of their personality types to get the most out of them. Did mm. it influence account teams? Um, did it, you kind of... It did actually. Yeah, yeah it did. It definitely did. Mm. I think it identified where there might have been some issues in terms of effectiveness, particularly when it came down to certain clients and the way they, when you look at the what their personalities and the way they work, kind of giving them a team that are going to best navigate that and complement that. Um, So, yeah, I think that was a big one, understanding personalities within a team and how to get the most out of them and approaching it in a different way Mm. for everybody. And I think one thing that lots of managers perhaps don't, put enough emphasis on when they first move into managerial mm-hmm. positions is you're not just managing them day to day and getting them to do a, you know, a good media release or in, improve their communication skills, but you're also responsible for their professional That's right. growth. Development. Yeah. That's and that takes right. a lot of work to yeah. put systems in place um, yeah. to allow them to, to grow and to, yeah. you know, get not only just get better at the job day to day, but, you know, to, you know, move through the ranks. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone that's moving into a management position? In terms of advice, it would be all about planning and mm-hmm. time management from me is a key. To be able to be a good manager, you've got to not just plan and manage your own time mm-hmm. and roles and responsibilities, but you've got to do that for everybody else within your team. So I think making sure that you're setting times for those regular check-ins and making mm-hmm. sure that you're also setting some benchmarks for where you want your team to be and what you think they can achieve and checking in on that and measuring it, it regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah time management which a lot of things tend to come back yeah. to is is pretty important to make sure you're doing a good job of managing and upskilling and getting the most out of your people and i think especially when you first start spending the time with each of your team members to work out what their goals are what yeah. are the things they're struggling with that they haven't perhaps had support with previously um going back through those job descriptions you know it, Every manager has a different way about going, uh, a different way about, way about going, what's the right way to say that? Different, different way of going about different, things. <laughs> That's the one. Different way of going about things. Yeah. And you might just, while you're developing your own style, it might be helpful just to resort back to the job description and go, right, yeah. this is what I'm expecting of you, you to be able to do these things here. What do you want to achieve in the future and how can I help you get there? That's right. And I think taking a step back, ensuring that your approach is approachable. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, of course, there is the kind of structured way of, of managing and the theoretical way of managing and the practical way, but I think also imp- applying a certain tone to it so that, you know, if they are struggling, they are comfortable in coming to you, um, that, you know, the the feedback is always constructive um, and just depending on also 
um, I guess, agency side, you're dealing with a whole lot of different levels of expertise and experience. Mm -hmm. So just being flexible in also how you kind of manage, you know, your different um, skill sets and and experience and Mm. ages. Do the two of you have quite different management styles in your team? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> how, we're how, one how are they really, different? really effective package though That's together. Right. That's right. And I do think we kind of emerge yeah. a little bit more into the one person at the moment, given the the nature of kind of our yes. working environment. Yeah. Are there certain things that one of you does or the other one? doesn't do for whatever reason we had a little chat about this just now and I think um it's really funny and I think you know a couple of people have even said we're kind of mirroring the old (laughs) Stella management by way of you know shout out to MJ and Tori yeah because for those that don't know Stella's been around for 20 20, yeah and so you guys have I mean I know Hayley you've been with the team for 15 years or so but the two of you took over um ownership of it a couple of years ago is that right yeah two and a half two and a half years ago yeah Yeah. so so that's that's why you're kind of talking about this previous management yes, style. Yeah, I yes. was I was there a long time ago and then came back and we've always you know remained really good friends and I think you know everything the the way that we approach professionally is because we've got a very solid comfortability and friendship there as and well. And respect. And respect exactly. Mm. So whilst I think we do both have strengths and weaknesses Together, they actually really work effectively. But certainly, I'd say I'm a little bit more casual in my management <laughs> style. Gab's have a chat lady. So Gab's mm-hmm. really good at, she's very intuitive around, I think, people and what's happening in their personal lives as well as within an office space. And she's really good, which is very similar to one of MJ's. I think MJ was always great at, at kind of seeing something in people that not everybody else necessarily saw. So she was quite good at identifying if maybe someone's got something going on that they're not really comfortable talking about or or if someone needed pulling in line in the office space as well. Um, she was just great at kind of having that chat. So we was always like, oh, I think we're going to have a chat with that one this week. And she'd somehow make the chat happen in a very informal, really... Always get a great result. Out of it, yeah, always get a great result. Very, <laughs> yeah. And I think Gab's very similar and it comes down to their, you know, their people that they are. So mm. Gab will often, you know, be driving to a meeting or something and have this moment with a team member or, you know, she's great at deformalizing it and making it very human, which I think is really important. I'm probably a bit more structured in how I approach it. So, and that maybe comes down to also some of how, how I was trained yes, to some extent. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think if it was all too much of one, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. So we're really fortunate to, to, um, to be able to, yeah, compliment. And are there any management practices that you've observed, you know, Hayley, obviously you've spent a lot of your career at Stella and Gabs, you've been out and about doing other things as well. But are there any things, practices that you've observed that you've liked or disliked in managers previously that you are making an effort to do or not do now? Um, I would su- suggest it would, it's about the the idea of inclusion and, you know, I do recall a couple of managers in my history whereby they were certainly there was this energy where they were on a pedestal mm. and you know it was it was uh, you, you know they've really earned their place and you know there was that hierarchical kind of um tone <laughs> that was very evident and it's probably more the old school yeah you know i'm looking at how i said the old school um professionals yeah. i think um 
because that's all really shifted and I, I just that's certainly not our style mm. um, but yeah I, I think for me it's just from learnings it's about just keeping you're going to get the best out of people if you're honest and you're transparent and you're approachable so it's about empowering as opposed mm. to putting them down in their place mm. yeah and that's, I, I, I think totally agree yeah. and I think one thing that probably yeah one of the experiences I'd had with a manager that I don't believe got the best out of people was mm. kind of micromanagement I think we're very mm. anti micromanagement of course people need feedback and direction but I think you know involving your team in a process just gets such better results yeah than, and how um, do you avoid that micromanagement because especially when you're new to managing people even if you're not new to managing people you obviously want work to be produced at a certain yeah. level and it can sometimes um just take over it's the briefing yeah. I would suggest it's about really putting that extra time and effort into mm. ensuring that there's an understanding of what you're wanting to be achieved and I think you know being really clear and again that's why it's so important to not be overbearing because you know as a junior isn't going to put up their hand and say yeah I actually don't get it to someone that's you know overbearing so it's just being really um yeah, putting that extra bit of effort mm. into the to their front end. Yeah, and I think having showing them that you've got your you've got the confidence in them to make mistakes as well, like allowing them the confidence to go and do their job, and it's okay to make a mistake because that is how mm. you're going to mm. learn. I mean, my five year old even told me that the other day. It's okay to do something bad, Mum, because <laughs> when you do something wrong, you learn something from it. <laughs> I love your kindergarten teacher. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but I think that's very you know they're. And that's an MJ probably characteristic yeah. as well, very much sink or swim. Um, yeah. You've got to take that dive at mm. some point and give it a go. Yeah. So hopefully with that confidence armed with a really strong briefing, there will be some mistakes, yeah. but we're setting you up as best as we can mm. to help you make them. Yeah, and I think that also comes back to employing the right people that yeah. you know are going to get out of their comfort zone and give it a go because they're hungry for it. Well, let's get into um, that now then. Yeah. So when you're hiring people, you obviously need to make sure that you are hiring people that are reflective yeah. of the values, the culture, plus can do their job right. So how do you get that balance right? Yeah, I guess it depends on, in, in terms of skill set and culture, I feel it, it is dependent on the role that you're hiring for. Mm. So if you're hiring for a specialist role, it's really important to get someone that has expertise in that role. Um, I think if you're hiring for a junior account exec or an account exec or something, you know, like that, that what I think is really important is, you know, there's the, there's the culture, but there, there's the drive as well. There's the ambition. There's the, um, you know, the you can, you, you can kind of tell. And it comes down to also how that person has come into your orbit. So if it's someone that's proactively come to you, that's shown a real interest in your agency, that's done their groundwork, then I don't know, I kind of feel that that's also a really important mm. element in the mix. Yep. Yeah, it shows that, they, that they're committed and they do their, their research and um, are genuinely interested in what your business yeah. has to mm. offer them. Um, but I think as well, I think at a very senior level, there's obviously a level yeah. of expertise because you just don't have a 10-year career in PR without skills. Mm -hmm. um, so at that really senior level, I'd almost be inclined to say the cultural fit outweighs the experience to some extent because I think culture is leadership as well mm. and 
at a senior level, you really want to trust the people that are managing your people to deliver a style of leadership that's the, the same yeah. ethos as, the, as, as yours, as mm. the directors of the company. So that's really important. Yeah. And that's where I've seen things go wrong before, where an important senior leadership hire maybe hasn't been so aligned with the um, the ethics or the culture of the, of the, ages, of the yeah. business and the brand. Mm. Yeah, um, I did get us off, uh, off track there. So I just want to go back to the practices you've kind of learned from managers before. And there's certainly one that I um, experienced in that when you are doing your job really well and you're executing it as well as you can do, uh, if you don't get feedback from managers, it's you end mm. up plateauing. So I think it's important as a manager, even if you've got people in your team that are doing exceptionally well, that you still have to give them areas to grow, whether that is um, tasks for the next position above them, broadening out their skills, giving them some extra responsibility in terms of mm. them managing other people. And I think that's something that, managers can be a little lazy with they think wow we've got a fantastic team member here so we don't really need to put into work into them yeah and that really stifles their growth then doesn't it and generally they are the driven type Mm. so without you know them um feeling like they are on this trajectory of growth you know you're likely to lose them (laughs) if they yeah you know retention in the pr world is is such a you know, issue yeah. that, um, yeah, it's incredibly mm. important to ensure that. And I also had another manager that was um, that adapted really well when she was praising and providing motivation to people. She was a very tactile manager. She loved a hug. She, um, you know, if you did something well, she'd come over and give you a little squeeze and say, oh, it was a fantastic job. And I am an I just don't, I'm not a hugger. I'm yeah. just not a hugger. But she, she knew that. And we kind of had a little joke where she'd come up, she'd pat me on the shoulder, <laughs> almost like a stick or something. But, you know, she knew how to praise me or motivate me in different ways. And yeah. I think you need to start observing what it is that people connect with. Yeah, and, you've got to know your yeah. people and, yeah. and people receive. We've got some in the team that, you know, if they send a press clipping, they'd love a clap. So I think, yeah. you know... And if that drives them to yes. be better, we'll clap. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to know what motivates people. And others prefer to have it in a more, you know, structured sit-down weekly catch-up session or it's about knowing them and what's going to mm. motivate them and work for them so that you get the best response out of them. But I think um, definitely regular feedback and check-in is important. Mm. Don't, be, don't be afraid to fail. So that's mm. simple swim. Um, that was tough for me because I don't enjoy failing. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. not that many people do, but, you know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I remember starting out in PR and being overly empowered and freaking out a little bit. So you've got to get the balance right. But um, I definitely learnt from that. I think being a great listener as well is really important. So it's not all about telling them how to do things and what you want from them, but listening to what their goals are, listening to what challenges they have. Um, and to Gab's point, that briefing is just so mm. important. So don't give a brief and assume that they've interpreted it correctly. I think it's about briefing them, having them regurgitate it to you to make sure you're that both on the clarity. same page and yeah. there's that clarity. Um, and I think making work fun is also important. It's yeah. it's a job and it's the important work that, you, yeah. that you're doing, but it's, you know, there's more outside of the office. So I think yeah. we want people to enjoy their time at Stella as well as doing mm. the work. And on the flip side of that, you know, I think one of the main challenges with people managing is when they've got to manage 
difficult people or they need to um, uh, manage or deal with a problem, whether it's behavioural or productivity-based. And people who don't like confrontation can find that obviously really challenging to do. How do you recommend people become a little bit more comfortable with tackling those situations? I would suggest putting, be really, being really clear on the approach and the process for that. So again, it's just, it's all kind of, it's about putting the weight on that front. So, you know, uh, um, at the early times of perhaps signing a, a new employee or anything like that, just be really clear on policy, expectations, procedures. Mm -hmm. So if they were ever in a situation, they've got a plan that they just follow and, you know, know that that's the way that is understood to, for something to be dealt with. Mm. And I think some people, because they're afraid to deal with the situation, avoid it and they avoid it and avoid it and ends up becoming a much bigger issue. And if they had nipped it in the bud or just said, look, I've noticed that your media releases are getting a little bit sloppy or you're not framing them particularly well or, you know, you're just regurgitating the same media release and changing details, you need to start having a look at that or do we need to go back? And I, I think also not attacking people and saying is there something going on that you need more support with in order to be able to do this better yeah um something that i can do for you um i guess if it's behavioral based behavioral's hard yeah because that then connects to somebody's being doesn't yeah it? and yeah. How, how they yeah. are and i would find i you know it's that's probably one of the hardest parts it i is. think of the job yeah. is you know how do you tell someone that they're not acting appropriately when it's the way they act yeah mm. you know so uh, yeah i, I I don't have a... There's no... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any way that makes that conversation easy, easy. any yeah. easier. I think you just do the best you can to have your... You know, to have... When you're hiring, to implement all those things exactly. that you've learned from about getting those hires right yeah. from the get-go. Um, but it does become very evident pretty quickly if there's some behavioural yeah. concerns and you just have to jump on them and it's not fun. It yeah. is not fun, No. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and learnings today, ladies. And if you have enjoyed this episode or any others from the PR pod and are listening via Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I'd love you to take a minute to give me a rating and quick review. Thanks for listening to the PR pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.